Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Oh my gosh. What is going on over here? <laughs> uh, I'm just going to start by praying. Um, so why don't you guys just join me in prayer. Yeah, Father, we just, we just turn our gaze, just recenter our focus to what matters the most, and that's just being in your presence. And even right now, uh, we just engage our hearts, we just turn our affections towards you. God, I, I pray that it would just be an encounter with you through the word today. Uh, just change our lives forever. Yeah, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I, uh, some of you guys know, I, I just recently got back from uh, Dallas. And uh, yes, <laughs> and I uh, visited Upper Room for the first time. And um, I've always admired them from afar, uh, but, and I've always thought, oh, I would love to go one day. But I, there's this couple weeks ago, I just felt in my heart that I was just supposed to go. And it was just one of those things where I hadn't felt this or heard this in a long time, where I just felt this nudge in my heart from God just to say, you know, just, Richard, I just want you to go to Dallas. And so I, I did not know what he had in store for me there. Um, it was absolutely everything that I needed. Uh, yeah, I just got wrecked there. And um, one of the things I admire about Upper Room is, is just seeing the purity in, in which they, they worship. And, and everything that they do is just so intentional, how they create their culture. And it, people are there just because simply they just love Jesus. And it, it just reminded me this morning of like, you know, sometimes we can make things so complicated. Sometimes, uh, you know, we can just be too much in our heads. And you hear this time and time again, like once in a while, like, oh, just keep it simple. It's just, just about the presence of God. But when that becomes like a reality and you're rem reminded of that, it, it, it really is that. Like sometimes we need that little nudge just to be like, hey, get out of your head. It's just all about Jesus. It's, it's about connecting with his presence. So uh, I just had one of the most powerful encounters with God that I've ever had in my life. Happened only like a couple times, maybe two or three times where I was just on the ground just weeping. I wasn't even emotional. Like I just, uh, my friend had these like praying mamas just pray over me and um, just something hit my spirit and I'm on the ground I'm like weeping like ugly crying I was like what's going on the snot was just like coming out of my nose and God was just like speaking to my heart you know just like pulling things out some dreams that I had let go that I stuffed away people were just prophesying the desires of my heart just bringing it out my spirit was resonating and I guess I'm just sharing, I wasn't really going to share this with you guys, but just felt like there's something just to release to this house, to our family of like, I just feel, I, I just know the power of impartation. And when you share testimonies, when you share what God has done in your life, there's, there's an invitation and a release for that to happen in your lives. And even right now, I, I, as I'm sharing, I bet some of you, you just feel this, this Stirring in your heart, this passion that's awakening. And I, I just want to bless that. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would just even blow on that, that you would ignite it, that you would just make our hearts come so alive. And I, I pray that you would just even 
surprise people, encounter them with your presence, just rock them completely, that we would know how to live fully alive from our hearts. And uh, yeah, I just bless everyone. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, I, was, I wasn't going to share that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I just feel his presence so strong right now. And um, I do believe what I'm about to preach, it's something that I haven't preached publicly before. Um, it's something that I never really thought I would preach. And, uh, but I, I hope it's going to be helpful for you guys because, um, and I'll get to what I'm going to preach in just a second, but if you guys have been with us the past couple months, the past couple times I've been preaching, I, I preached on the subject of judgment and judging others. And I thought I was done with that subject, but I think once you like understand like the spiritual principle of what judging others does, it actually opens up a, another realm of understanding of how to approach transformation in your own life. So I'm not gonna preach or like give a whole recap of what I was preaching on, but I do want to bring one point, one principle to remembrance right now. And that's when you judge, when you judge someone or you judge yourself, you place that person or yourself under a law of condemnation where there's no grace to change. It's almost as like when you're labeling someone, when you lock someone in a judgment, there's this spiritual principle where you like have, you place this spiritual thing over them where there's no grace. So they're stuck in this place of condemnation in their mind where the only way out of that is to perform, to earn approval, to satisfy that law or condition that was placed on them to prove that they aren't what they were labeled as. Does that make sense? So just remember that as I'm preaching about what I'm going to preach today. So one of the topics I'm most passionate about is transformation. Everything that I preach is pretty much surrounded around that topic. Uh, once I realized that Christianity was more than just adhering to a religion, and that Jesus dying for me was more than me feeling guilty about my sin and just confessing my sins, I realized the truth was that Jesus made me into a new creation. But I wasn't satisfied with that just being a nice thought. I needed that to be a reality in my life. Like how many times do we hear things in church and we're like, yeah, amen, brother, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm born again, I'm a new creation. And that's nice to hear. But what does that actually look like, like practically in your life? Like if all things are new, right? then what is the full possibility of what that looks like in your life? So I was desperate for my identity, and um, my journey in the last 13 years has been to understand this and to pers pursue personal transformation, to see the fullness of what is possible. Like, that's just been my heart cry. I'm like, God, if you did a perfect finish work on the cross, that I believe I'm so convinced that I cannot change myself, you know, that's why Jesus died, because we, we proved that we couldn't earn righteousness by our own works. It had to be through grace, through faith. So if that is the very thing that's true, how can I see that in my life? I believe it's available, fully available for me. Why would Jesus go through all that if it wasn't? Have you guys even thought of this stuff? Like, just really thought about 
Like, whatever Jesus purchased on the cross, it has to be available, fully available to us today. We make all these reasons why we cannot experience something. Oh, we reserve it for a future time or until we, you know, uh, you know unlock the perfect code, you know, and go back into this thinking of works again. Like, I will only receive everything that Jesus paid for me if I be a good Christian, if I spend five hours of God with, you know, every day. If I'm in the Word, we put all these conditions of our own works to earn something that He freely gave to us, something that we couldn't even earn from the beginning. So this is my passion, and along my transformation journey, one of the things I continually confronted was uh, confronting my uh, imposter self. You see, I was a professional mask wearer, and I constantly, like, consistently wore masks to cover up my real self because I was afraid to be my real self. Yeah, I didn't even know that's what I was doing, but I thought that if people really knew me, if they really knew the real me, that they would reject me. I'm, o I'm the only one in this room has, that's ever felt that way, right? <laughs> Just making me feel better by your agreement. Um, so a big part of my journey was the process of removing those masks. And um, I'm not going to preach about this right now, but it just re reminded me, sometimes it's just good to like sit and remember your own journey and to relive those moments. And I remember there was a season where God had me pursue the practice of silence and contemplative prayer. You know, God will sometimes like, uh, lead you into a specific and intentional season where he has you focusing on one thing because he wants to teach you something. And so I've been like reading up on, I don't know if you guys know Thomas Merton. Uh, I think I'm saying his name right, but he was like um, one of like these Catholic fathers who uh, really dove into this principle of silence. And when you're in this uh, place of silence, the only thing that's there is, is you. And so I went to this prayer cab cabin out in like Mendocino and this cabin, there's like nothing surrounding it. Uh, and I just went there to just be in complete silence, not to see another human being ever, you know, with, throughout my whole time there for the whole three days. Um, and I, I was just fasting. I, I didn't even get food. I was just sitting there in, in silence. I just had a wood stove next to me just for three days, and it was just completely quiet. And you get restless. You're like, what am I doing? Like, all these thoughts race in your head, and I purposely turned off my phone. I, I don't think I even brought it. Uh, I wanted there to be no distractions. And when that happens, it's like, if you are just alone with yourself, are you comfortable with just the company of you? And in that place, you really get to uh, face your real self. And um, another uh, thing that helped me in, during this time was reading this book by Brendan Manning. It's called Abba's Child. How many of you guys have read Abba's Child? Yeah, I recommend reading that book because part of it talks about exposing the imposter self. And the way you do that is, is getting alone in the presence of God, bringing yourself fully fully 
you know, just everything, all the ugly, just in front of him, and let his love just wash over you. In that place, that's what sonship is. You're with your father. He's instilling identity in you. Anyway, that was a side note. It's <laughs> not what I'm reaching on. <laughs> so it was fear of man, fear of rejection that kept me perpetual, perpetually wearing masks and not able to work on being the real me. So I decided early on in my Christian walk that I'll do whatever it takes to you know, stop wearing masks and to learn how to embrace the real me, no matter how scary and no matter how uncomfortable that was. So today, I'm, it's gonna be a pretty practical teaching. Um, I hope, hope, I wish that it will help you guys. I'm not sure if it was, it's only my neurotic mind that thinks this way, <laughs> but I do believe since God brought it on my heart that it's going to help you guys out. So, um, have you ever had those moments where you come across someone you haven't seen in a very long time and you acted like completely different in front of them just to think to yourself, who was that person that I just became? Has that ever happened to you guys? So not too long ago, I realized that I continually created these boxes to fit into based on who was in front of me. This was something that I did subconsciously. Like I wasn't aware that I was doing it. Uh, so it wasn't until I had a series of encounters with people that made it blatantly obvious. So I unknowingly created these self-defining boxes based on how I thought others around me perceived me. So I trapped myself with self-judgments. Remember what I talked about judging and judgments? I trapped myself with self-judgments I made about myself based on previous encounters I had with people. And I realized that this was another layer of uh, fear of man that God wanted to set me free from. So the good news is this, is that my opportunity for freedom wasn't dependent on other people to change their opinions about me, but instead it was dependent on me to change uh, my own opinions about myself. Why is that good news? Because it's because it's completely in my hands. I'm completely empowered to set myself free. It wasn't dependent on anyone else. So just to give you a little bit of uh, background of my past, I know a lot of you guys have heard my story. If you're new here, you probably haven't. Um, when I surrendered my life to Jesus, I didn't know who I was. And it was like one of the most insecure, vulnerable moments of my life. Born again had a completely real and different meaning to me because I literally felt like when I gave my life to God, I was born again to a place where I felt like a baby. Like, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know how life worked. It's almost as if, like, everything was stripped away, and I, I needed to depend on my father to teach me how to live life and who I was. I didn't even knew, know that they taught about identity in the church, but I was desperate for it. I, that's what I cry out to God for. I was so desperate for my identity. And so... Yeah, I, I realized that I didn't know anything about this life, and now there was a, I was a completely clean slate for God to write on. 
So for a period of time, I felt so insecure and had trouble even talking to people. It was so weird. I was the most socially awkward person, like in the room. <laughs> Literally, I, I felt so embarrassed just being around people. It was scary. So I get immediately launched into ministry school. At this time, I'm like 29 years old. I, you know, had a career in business and. Um, and so it was awkward feeling this way, where I'm like, okay, I'm an adult, and I feel like I'm a complete newborn. I'm, I'm so insecure, who am I? And I go into ministry, ministry school like this, learning how to let my true self emerge, and how to embrace and, and love myself. And so, yeah, I, I just knew, okay, I, I've done that for all my life. I lived with all these masks, and I don't want to do it anymore. But since my time in ministry school, I've grown leaps and bounds in my identity and became way more comfortable in my own skin. And I was a completely different person from when I first came into school. I used to have all these awkward encounters with people, awkward conversations. It was, it was pretty embarrassing, <laughs> to be honest. So one day, a few years after graduating ministry school, I was uh, walking on um, the campus and I approached a few of my former ministry school leaders, and an interesting hap thing happened. Um, what I noticed was so discouraging, <laughs> because when I spoke with these past ministry school leaders, a person who I hadn't seen in a long time resurfaced. An imposter had emerged, and I was like, who is this person appearing all of a sudden? All of a sudden, I was that person who was insecure, that was nervous, that was fearful in front of these ministry school leaders. And I was like, this isn't me. What's going on? Why am I acting like this? And I, I believe God like, really made it so clear to me because he wanted to teach me something. In that moment, I felt that God gave me an understanding of the situation. Subconsciously, I was acting according to how I thought these leaders viewed me. And since I hadn't seen these leaders in years, the last known experience they had of me was when I was awkward and insecure. So unknowingly, okay, this is all happening in my subconscious, okay, I'm not aware that I'm doing this. Unknowingly, I conformed to what I believe their last perceptions of me were, fearing that if I was any different in front of them, then I would somehow be exposed as being a phony or fake or an imposter. But it's ironic that uh, in my attempt to not be found out as fake, I ended up putting on the mask myself. Yeah. Yeah. So good. This isn't who I was anymore. Yeah. I realized I had this underlying fear that perhaps I'm really still the same insecure person I was in the past and that I hadn't really grown. And now this self-perpetuating situation confirmed that one of my greatest fears is actually that you know, I haven't changed at all. You see, I believe God was showing me this because he wanted me uh, to set me free. You know how like when you're driving somewhere, you're in your car, 30 minutes, 40 minutes pass, and next thing you know, you're at your house and you don't even know how you got there, right? That's all happening, happening in our subconscious because we programmed ourselves to kind of automate, right? And so this is one of the things that was like programmed in my subconscious. You see, like I didn't know that I was doing this all the time, that I was making all these judgments. 
automatically, without even knowing it, about myself, based on what I thought others, on how they perceive me. It's not even that they, that's actually how they perceive me. I could be completely wrong. But th those judgments I place over myself put me under condemnation. So there was no grace for me to transform at all because I was stuck in this condemnation. I was stuck under the judgments I placed on myself. So God just exposed that. He's like, hey, Richard, see what you're doing without even knowing it. So it, this sparked a question. Do I do this every day in other situations? Then I, I got to thinking, like, who else am I doing this with? And my roommate at the time, when I was in Reading, he saw me the most on a day-to-day -day basis. So I started thinking, do I do that in front of my roommate? And, um, you know, how many times am I just conforming to how I think my roommate currently perceives me? Out of all people, he has probably seen me at my current worst, you know, all my bad sides, at all my moments where I just was not walking in love, right? And I realized that I, in fact, do this with my roommate as well. So uh, what that looked like in particular was this, that I've been keeping myself from growing in love because of fear of being found out as a phony. There's been so many times with my roommate where I've fallen short and I've not loved my roommate well. And so subconsciously what was happening in my mind is like, well, I can't start now. <laughs> if I do something like an extravagant act of love to my roommate, he's gonna uh, find me out as a phony and I'm being fake. Look, again, I didn't know this was going in my head. And if, if I'm found out as fake and phony, that's gonna confirm one of the biggest fears that I have that Really, like this whole time, I haven't changed at all. So it was a self-imposed trap in my mind that kept me in shame and condemnation. And condemnation kept me from transformation because condemnation says that I am only as good as my last interaction. Sometimes we believe that we are still the mistakes that we just made, the selfish act we just did, the short-tempered outburst we just made, the sin we just committed, or the ins insecure person we just exhibited. And our shortcomings and failures condemn us and judge us, saying we are defined by our last actions. So the best thing to do in those moments is to do these three things that I'm gonna walk you through. And the first thing is, is to repent. Uh, second thing is to find your value and acceptance from God. The third thing is wipe the slate clean and try again. This way, you can actually create for yourself a constant platform of change without any condemnation, shame, or guilt, or fear of man. So what I realized was that because in my subconscious, I had this programming where I'm constantly making these judgments of how other people perceive me, and then continue to fit that box and behave accordingly, that wasn't putting me in a place where I could continue to grow in my new creation identity. There's no renewing of the mind, there's no focusing on truth. And so, after I realized that, I knew that there was an opportunity for growth on the other side. Because if I can just, um, you know, repent, find my value, acceptance of God, 
and um, wipe the slate clean, that at any given moment in time in my life, I could unashamedly be the new creation man that I was created to be. Even if I wasn't exhibiting those behaviors right at that moment, like the truth of the matter is that my identity is that. And so right believing will produce right behavior. We got it backwards because we believe that right behavior will, will uh, prove our identity, who we are. So we judge ourselves by our fruit versus believing in truth and letting that dictate our fruit. Does that, matter? Does that make sense? So if you were, uh, just did something selfish or you had an outburst at a friend and that's the last thing you did, well, that's proof that I'm still selfish. That's proof that you know, I'm still hot-tempered and prideful and I can't let things go. And then you go in this cycle of condemnation in your mind, we're like, oh, I'll never change. I thought I worked on this. I, I thought I did this with the Lord. I thought I, I got past this. But since I just did this, I'm now labeled and defined by this. I'm identified by this. So one of the most important things we can do is to first acknowledge when something like that happens and then take that opportunity to get out of a, a law mindset, a law system, and step into grace. And when I say step into grace, it's, it's, that, it's like, first, um, okay, we'll walk through this. Repentance, which means, simply means just to change your mind, okay? So you change your mind about yourself and align yourself with truth of God's word, of who you are. And um, pretty much it means like putting off the old man and putting on the new man. So in other words, putting off the old man, putting on the new man can look like this. It's a process that involves removing lies about yourself and replacing those lies with the truth of who you are. Pretty basic, pretty simple, right? So Ephesians 4, verse 22 says this, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So I, I love this picture of like putting off the old man, putting on the new, because um, when you could visualize that, it's like you were not created for the old man. That's not who you are. So any lies uh, about yourself that that God doesn't say that you are, it's, it's a complete lie. It's not who you are. You have permission at any given point in time, no matter how guilty you feel, no matter if you just uh, were that person a minute ago, you can boldly come to him and just be in his presence and be like, God, I just did this. Repentance looks like, God, I, I just did this. But I know this is who I am. God, I, I know the truth of who I am is a new creation, fruits of the Spirit. You know, I'm... I'm a, a, a man of love. I'm a man of patience. I'm a man of forgiveness. Even if it feels hypocritical, that's the best thing you could do is, is repent, change your mind, release those things to the Lord. Even if you have guilt or condemnation, even release that. Forgive yourself, be kind to yourself. You do this in a place of intimacy, in a place where you're alone with him, and you just clear that junk out of you. And you embrace his righteousness. And you wear his robe of righteousness. 
You don't earn it, you just, you put on the robe. <laughs> this is what Jesus paid for. So when you do that, the next thing, um, well, before I go to that, there's a couple more points. Tra transformation requires the person to believe that they are different before they become different. I'm gonna say that again. Transformation requires the person to believe they are different before they become different. So Proverbs 23, verse seven says this, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Like I said before, I think that's the most important thing. We have to believe the truth about ourselves. So if you believe that you're a selfish person, it's gonna be really hard to transform out of that because you're gonna manifest what you believe. And so that's why it's really important to continually focus on the truth of who God says you are to be or who you are uh, so that we could just continually get grounded in that. And the more we focus on it, the more we'll believe it because we'll see that fruit coming from our lives which will reinforce that, that belief of who we are. So we always have to focus on truth. The second thing, find your value and acceptance from God. That simply is reminding and recentering yourself on the love, acceptance, and value from God and not from man. And this is really important to me because every time that I'm tempted to put on a mask or um, every time I feel insecure or I do something wrong that makes me feel guilt or condemnation, um, I have to get to a place where I recenter, where I'm not in a mode of trying to win anyone's approval. I'm not even trying to win my own approval. I have to come to a place where I'm like, God, no matter what I do, just in this moment, before I do anything, do I know that my full acceptance, my full value comes from you? Nothing else, nothing external, not, not the amount of friends I have, not my, my success, uh, not what this person thinks about me, the mistakes I just made. Do I, can I just recenter myself and just believe, God, my value acceptance comes completely from you. So in this place, there is no works. I don't need to do anything to prove myself. I don't need to even prove that I, I'm not a selfish person, that I, I'm um, not an unloving person, even though my acts just com completely seem to prove that point and it's condemnation to myself. I don't need to prove that because what you say about me matters the most and, and I'm completely in your love and acceptance without doing anything. So I recenter my place. I'll, I'll say those things just to get, that, get my mind and my heart aligned to that where that's where I'm like, yes, I believe that, I believe that. Once I do that, then it's, it's time to step up to the plate again. Be kind to yourself, forgive yourself, show yourself mercy and grace. And after repenting and aligning yourself with truth, you're now working with a clean slate. So you're given permission to take every moment to be the most joyful, the most loving, the most compassionate, the most patient, the most generous person you've ever been to that point. And it can feel hypocritical. And it can just seem like some sort of mental ascension. But what I'm talking about requires, it's deeper than that, it requires faith in who God says you are. And faith that this is how trans 
transformation works. You have faith in his goodness because if, if I do really believe what the Bible is saying about me, and it's all by grace, then if I partner with that, then fruit will come. I will see that transformation. But you have to have that faith. It's, it's not just this, this intellectual concept that you agree with. It has to be with your whole heart, your whole being, that you're partnering with that. So hypocrisy, you know, no one here wants to be a hypocrite, right? <laughs> I know I don't want to be a hypocrite. But um, hip hypocrisy actually means play acting. And if you stay in unbelief of your true identity, what you're really doing is you're putting on a mask and playing the part of the imposter self. You're already doing that if, if you're unbelief of who God says you really are. And so the best thing you can do at any given time is to align with what God says and act accordingly, even if it doesn't feel right at the time, even though it feels fake. That actually, it sounds counterintuitive, but that's actually the best thing you could do. That's faith. You're believing before you see. And it, it's, it's scary. It's, it's a little bit like uncomfortable, right? Because that's the last thing we want to do is be fake. So what does this look like for me practically? I often use communion to do these three steps without like having it as three steps in my mind. Whenever like I'm in a situation where I, I feel my identity is, is trying to get someone's approval, you know, someone rejects me or like I just do something what I feel like really shameful about. Like for example, not loving on my roommate well, right? And then feeling like, oh, if I do something, then he's gonna be like, what the heck, that's not you, like, what are you doing, why are you being so fake? What I'll do is, is I'll take communion, and I'll just remember, like, God, this is what you did for me on the cross. You know, my, my old man was imputed on your body, right? And I was buried with you in the ground. I take the body, I break it, I'm like, your body was broken for me. You, you tore the veil in half so that I could come boldly in your presence. I'm in a place of no condemnation, no shame. It's, I'm completely in, in your love and acceptance. And I'll, I'll take the communion. I'll take the bread. And then I'll remember the power of his blood. Your blood is so powerful. You cut the power of sin and death off of my life. You, cut, you, you wash over every sin. You wash over my shame, condemnation. There's nothing more powerful than your blood. It really did it. It really did it. And I'm completely brand new, completely clean right now. I have a clean slate in my heart. I can boldly be who you said I, uh, you, you said I am, a new creation, a man who walks in love. Even if I, I'm scared that other people might not think that's true about me. That's the best thing I could do. So I want to give you permission today to be the best version of yourself in Christ at any given point in time. For example, let's say, um, this is no one here, but uh, let's say that you have not been on fire for God for, in a long time. And um, maybe your friends know that, maybe your church knows that, and um, you might subconsciously feel like, oh, like, yeah, I, I have a desire to be on fire again, but I don't want to do, the, like, show that I'm on fire for God because I'll be found out by my friends in my church who know that I'm not on fire right now. 
And I used to do that too. I used to think that in my mind where I'm like, man, I, I haven't been as on fire as I used to be. And oh, if I start now, I'm gonna look like a hypocrite. But then I started like dismantling that lie, recognizing it was a lie first, dismantling it and be like, you know what? This is my identity. My identity is that I'm on fire for God. Not, not, I don't have to prove that I'm fire, on fire for God. Like that's a part of who I am, that's my identity. So at any given point in time, I just have to remind myself and then step into that without any shame and do what I last did when I was on fire for God, whether that's like get in my Bible, read the word, worship, you know, dance around in, in worship, not to perform for anyone else, but just to be in freedom. Like, no, this is who I am. I don't care what anyone else thinks. But somehow we, we feel like, oh, in order to be on fire for God, I have to prove that I am. So I'm going to start doing these works. I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm going to, I'm going to start like, uh, being nicer to people. I'm going to start like, going to church. And then after a, a certain uh, elapsed period of time, then maybe I could judge all that I did and then be like, oh, I am on fire for God. Versus, no, it's who I am right now. I'm going to act according to who I am. Does that make sense? So I've done that many times. Man, I, haven't, I haven't been in the Word for a while. You know, oh, I, I, I just, I feel like my heart hasn't been like tender towards God. Well, change that right now. Simple as that. <laughs> be on fire. Be that person you really are right now. Don't even think about it. Just do it. <laughs> just believe it and do it. Be that person. So I boxed myself in by what I thought other people's perceptions of me were. And I subconsciously trained myself to operate in this manner and define myself accordingly, so much so I didn't realize it. So I want to tell you today, you don't need to conform to how you think others last viewed you or have experienced you. It doesn't allow for you to change. Again, if we, if we think that we just need to start acting differently and that if we do, then our friends might think we're being hypocrites, guess what? Like, who cares? <laughs> Honestly. It's like overrated. I mean, look, if they're really your friends, they're going to want to see the best version of yourself come out anyway. So what, that was what was happening to me. Subconsciously, I feared of being found out, and if I'm found out, it will only corroborate my greatest fear that I'm still the same unchanged person. But instead, this is what you have permission to do, is to be different now. Do the previously uncharacteristic, extravagant act of love right now. Full permission, no shame, no condemnation. Just do it. Be the most generous person with your time, money, and belongings. Be kind. Be a good listener. If you've been historically a horrible listener, don't be condemned by that. Be like, no, I believe I'm a good listener. I'm going to start right now. Be a thoughtful friend. Be that powerful leader. You may have talked yourself out of that. Oh, I'm not a powerful leader. You know, that's reserved for other people. It's who you are. 
Just be it. Love God with all your heart. Love people well. Be the most confident person you know yourself to be. Even if it's scary, even if you feel, you know, uh, scared to do that or insecure, like I was, you have permission. I'm giving you permission. God's giving you permission. Be that person. So if you don't allow yourself to follow your heart and be who God believes yourself to be and not what others believe, it will be hard for you to change and you will stunt your transformation. The crazy thing is oftentimes you'll confine yourself to a box that you believe others see you when in actuality that's not how they perceive you. But, you know, that's the whole thing of, you know, why I was preaching on judgment because it has so many more applications when you think you could assume the intentions of people's hearts, you base a judgment on, on that, and now you're operating under this law that you placed where it might not even be true at all. But even if it is true, it still doesn't matter because it's not, it's not dependent on changing other people's perceptions of you. Like I said in the beginning, it's, it's dependent, it's completely in your own hands. That's the liberating thing. That's the most empowering thing. It's you basically just changing your own perception of yourself. Why don't you guys stand up with me? I hope that was helpful for you guys. Um, This is something that I'm so passionate about. Like, hey, we're not in this thing just to play a part of this religion where we just follow an automatic thing where we just come to church on Sunday, we sing some songs, we listen to a, a message, but this has to be real, right? It has to, if it's not, then what are we doing? This has to be real. If it's not, I'm wasting my time. And so this is my heart for each and every one of you guys is that we would see transformation. Like literally, like what can this look like if everyone in here was the fullest expression of who they are in Christ, right? What Jesus paid for on the cross, that we were the most fully alive, fully free, fully loving people. Like what can this body look like? And what can we do? Talking about deeper roots, wider reach, what could be accomplished with that? So I just want to take a moment even right now just to go through these three things. You guys are just going to do this personally. I'll I'll help lead you along the way, but um, I'm just going to pray right now. Like, I'm, I'm praying right now, Holy Spirit, that you would reveal to each and every person in this room a place where they've locked themselves in a self-judgment where they've stuck themselves in a place of condemnation where transformation cannot happen that you even break those lies off of everyone right now as holy spirit's putting it to your remembrance i I want you to just break agreement with those lies right now and, and just give it to god right now each and every one of you you're you're in your own prayer closet just imagine it's just you and him in this place 
where there's only love, no condemnation, only, only grace, change your mind. Take off those lies. And as you do, start putting on the new man, putting on truth in that area. If it's, hey, like, I'm, I'm selfish. Let's say that's the example. Breaking off that lie and being like, God, I, I thank you that you made me generous. That that's actually who I am. That I was made in your image. I have your heart. I'm, I have your generosity. It's who I am. Just partner with that truth. Not just lip service, but believing it with your heart. Like, God, I believe. I believe you made me to be generous. After that, it's finding your value, acceptance with God. If there's any place in your life right now where you feel this fear of man, where you like are desperately vying for someone's approval, where you have a hard time just uh, loving on yourself, accepting yourself. Right now, I just want you to even repent of that to God. Change your mind, just release it to Him. Say, God, I give you this, this need to have approval from man. I give you any place in my heart where I'm trying to define myself by external things, whether it's money, success, women, men, whatever it is. God, I, I surrender that to you right now. God, I plant myself in your love that before I do anything right now, I'm completely, completely accepted by you. Yeah, Holy Spirit, I pray that you just illuminate that, that you would breathe on that, that those would just be words, that you would just instill that in our hearts right now. And the last thing is, is just feel that cleanse his, his blood washing over your conscience where you're like, man, I, I know that I know I have a clean slate right now. Doesn't matter if I just committed a sin. It doesn't matter if, if I just did something that I'm ashamed of. In this moment right now, I believe, God, like you made me a new creation. You paid for my sin. You set me free from the shackles of sin. I'm no longer a slave to sin. And right now, I get have full permission to embody and exhibit the image of Jesus, the heart of Jesus. Even if it feels contrary to who I am, even though I feel like a hypocrite, I get to do this. Thank you, Jesus. This is something you can do every day of your life. Any moment when you feel shame or condemnation, any moment where you feel a tug in your heart when you're like, I want to, I, I, I know, I feel my heart. I'm, this is who I was created to be. I want to be more loving. I want to be more this. To take you out of a place of that cycle of works and into grace, you can do this at any moment. And it, what happened with me is I started doing this intentionally for a season to the point where that now became my automatic mode of operation. That was now in my subconscious. That, that is now what I was doing automatically. I could instantly recognize when I'm trying to wear a mask in front of someone. You see, one of the most freeing things you could do, freedom is this, is where you don't have to wear a mask around anyone. You could be the real you and not have fear of rejection or fear of men. 
That's my desire and prayer for each and every one of you today, that you would have freedom to be the real you, the full expression of that. So Father, I thank you for everyone in this room. Holy Spirit, I pray that whatever was released today, God, that you would just, um, that you would take root in people's hearts, that you would even speak to them, take them on their own journey, give them revelation of this uh, in their own way so that they can own it. And God, I pray that we would be known as a community of fully free people, fully free, fully ourselves, just continually pursuing what is the full possibility of transformation in you. So I pray, I thank you, God. Thank you for everything that you're doing in all of our lives. I bless everyone here in Jesus' name. Amen.